Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. So did you and Mariah uh, open presents yet for each other? Or do you wait till Christmas to do that? Yeah, we do. We do our early Christmas together. Just her, I, and, and the two kids, um, the dogs. We do. We did it Monday. Wait, what's today? Tuesday? Yeah, yesterday. We, we do okay. presents. We do like a Christmas morning, make cinnamon rolls, listen to Christmas music. So it was fun. Yeah, that sounds nice. Did were you you guys were off like yesterday? Yeah, and, yeah. I have. Well, I'm taking this week and next week off, so I'll have like two full weeks off, which will be real nice. nice. So I'm looking good. forward to it. Spend a couple of days with the family, and then the last week of December, we're going to try to get a few house projects done. Okay, so good. Be nice. You get uh, any? Uh, biohacking devices <laughs> um no 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 biohacking devices i got um new just a, a, a mariah got me a roku because our our apple tv we like sold it a while back because we got oh yeah like, um we want to do like be able to stream 4k so we got a roku instead so katie actually was gonna get that for you or bought it for you and then she found out mariah got it so we oh, just kept really it. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, dude, I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it, it's so much cheaper than an Apple TV. And it, it's not like with Amazon, the Amazon like Fire Stick or whatever, um, and the Google one, you just have like all these ads and like they're pushing their platform because like Amazon has Amazon Prime. So they're pushing Prime Video. Apple TV has Apple TV. So like they push their own thing, whereas like Roku doesn't have like their really their own streaming service. So it's like a very... right. It's just so super simple, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you what did you get? I saw you got um, a red light. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I got a, a red light panel, which I'm super okay. pumped about. So it's like um, a, which, it's a miniature one, right? Like a like one that you just yeah. put on your like a like a, like yeah. a foot long, six inches it's wide. Probably like it's probably like 18 to 20 inches wide. OK. And then probably like eight to 12 inches tall. It's it's, is it, it's it's bigger than I thought it would be. Okay. Be. So what is it just red? Is it red and infrared or just red lights? Like yeah. what? Red and infrared and you can toggle between the two. Kind of like it recovery room. Okay. Like the juve lights. Yeah. It's it's basically like a juve, but mm-hmm. it's it's the same specs as a juve, but literally a fourth of the cost. Hmm. Nice. You sent me a picture of yourself with it. Um, next The next day I opened my Instagram app and I, I had an ad from that company. It, they're reading your texts. Like, yeah. Like I literally did not, I did not say it out loud. I didn't, I didn't mention it to Mariah. I did not say that brand name. You literally texted, I think you texted me the brand name. Yeah, I texted um, you the brand name. That's, that's it. That is literally it. And I had an ad for it on my Instagram. That's insane. So like basically as soon as that came through Instagram, read it and said, all right, let's pump out some. Yeah. Huga is the name of the company. Yeah. Ads. Um. So have you been liking it though? Oh yeah, I've been using it for my knee and mm. I I don't know if it's placebo, but I feel like it's actually <laughs> helping. Like it, it definitely feels better than icing. Is it do you feel a little bit of heat off of it? Mhm. Okay. Yeah, like the panel itself is not warm, but when it hits your skin, uh think due to the infrared, your skin starts to warm up. Mhm. And I just feel like I'll do it after a workout. I'll put it in, right, instead of icing I'll do the red light on my knee 
and I feel like it decreases the inflammation. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, yeah we'll do it. We'll do a full episode on it. Yeah. I want to see what the, the long-term effects in your knee are. And I've been, I've been interested in trying it on, on my eyes because there was a study done sometime in, I don't know when it was done. I read the article sometime this year where they were exposing mice to red light therapy. And I think it was mice. It might've been a human trial, but it, like their eyesight improved. Hmm. Um, wow. And my eyes have just gotten so bad over the past like five years. Just yeah, general. Staring at a screen. Yeah, I think, I mean, just general um, eye degradation, mm-hmm. de- degeneration, de- degeneration. degeneration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it runs in the family. So I'm, I, I kind of want to try it on my eyes, but I'll have to yeah. test it out. Test it out. Yeah, well, well, Katie's trying it on her face for just like um, skin, skin yeah, health. Yeah, skin health, acne, okay. I guess. Yeah. Because supposedly it has good benefits for that as well. Yeah, I yeah. love it. You've nice. been using it every day. Yeah. We'll do an episode on it in the future. Yeah. All right. So today what we wanted to do, a little different than previous episodes, we're not taking a specific topic. We're just kind of going to do a 2020 in review. It's been a really interesting year for everyone. And we kind of wanted to just take a step back and reflect on first, what like what did we experience this year? Like what actually has happened since January? And then what did we learn from those experiences? And then how are we going to use what we learned from those experiences moving forward into next year? We thought this was a good way to close out the year. Um, Aaron, you found a good article, like basically summarizing all the crazy stuff that happened in 2020. I forgot a lot about a lot of them. Do you want to just like mm-hmm. run through it? Yeah, there was. there's two articles, one um, New York Post, which is a broad overview, and then one New York Daily News. We'll post both of those. But the one on New York Daily News gives literally day by day. So if you want to look at 365 days of craziness, you can read that article. But just some of the highlights, January, we had, you know, the Australian wildfires were going on. Uh, January 6th, CDC issued the first travel warning for for us to visit China. Uh, January 20th, first coronavirus, coronavirus case in the U.S., January 26th was the death of Kobe Bryant and his family. Mm-hmm. That was like pretty devastating among the um, sport and just overall community. February, we had um, just spikes in COVID in other countries. Italy had massive spikes. Spain, just really everywhere outside the U.S. was seeing massive incline throughout February. Um, it started to be introduced to the U.S., then in March, with all the chaos going on, um, it took a massive toll on the stock market. The Dow Jones, I think, suffered, I, I think it was its worst day ever, single point mm-hmm. drop ever in March. Yeah, I remember that day. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we had, there's multiple like rough days back to back in March. And then one of the days was the worst of all time. On March 11th, the WHO declares coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. Following that, most of the sports kind of closed down. The NBA suspended its season. Uh, the Olympics were suspended. The NCAA oh, yeah, was dude, suspended. Dude, I totally forgot. Like the Olympics yeah. were supposed to happen this year. Yeah, we were supposed to have Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Um, yeah, they pushed it back to 2021 summer. So who knows if that will even happen. Um, so yeah, basically all sporting events were canceled. 
but our saving grace came in at the end of March with Tiger King. Um, the glory days, <laughs> the yeah. best days of the pandemic. Yeah, I was like, because that was right when lockdowns were beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And then Tiger King came in and saved us all for at least a couple of weeks of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, by April, almost every state in the U.S. had some type of lockdown order in place. In May was May 25th, the George Floyd murder, which resulted in all types of obviously protests. And those really ran through like, you know, starting in May and through October, there was just ongoing chaos, protests, rioting, all of the above was going on. Um, this is also a lot of with the election was going on. COVID cases were climbing. So really just like summer was just. It was chaos. It just chaos. Yeah. yeah. Constant protests, constant election chaos and COVID cases climbing, all of that Um, into November where we actually had the election and the drama from that still is continuing with the um, potential fraud uh, accusations, but that is closing up here and will probably be finalized in January. Then in December... We finally had um, positive news on on the vaccine. Two companies have, at this point, have had their vaccines approved by the FDA. I think Pfizer and Moderna both have a uh, supposedly effective vaccine that is currently being administered to higher risk people. Um, so this is kind of where we are today. Uh, the most recent news I read just two days ago was that there's supposedly a new strain of COVID-19, which this is kind of the fear of of this happening, mm-hmm. of a new strand of it developing. And it, it seems there is a new one that is active in the in, in Europe, and it is very likely here in the United States already. They don't know much about the new strand. Um, supposedly it is, it spreads 70% faster than the original strand, but they don't believe it is, they don't know if it is more deadly or if the side effects are worse. Currently they think it's the same and currently they say that the vaccine would still be effective against it, but Mm -hmm. all of that is obviously unknown. So this is where we stand heading into 2021. We'll see what happens. So we've all experienced a lot. And I think, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in or what line of work you're in or, you know, your personal experiences, I mean, you've gotten something something out of 2020, you know, for better or for worse. So we're kind of going to go go through things that we learned from, from these experiences. Now, Aaron and I were in a very fortunate position where we didn't lose our jobs. We could continue to work from home. And, you know, I think we were very fortunate in that regard. So our answers to some of some of these things are probably going to sound very different to somebody who who's been struggling since March with with yeah. income. Um, so just putting that out there, uh, we had a very a for, fortunate year. Well, uh, we have some questions that we're going to go through that we spent some time this past week just reflecting on uh, that we're going to talk about. So starting with with the first question. I guess, Aaron, you can go first. What was the most impactful thing that you learned personally from 2020? 
I think for me, it is, um, I just, I just kept this pretty brief cause I feel like the rest of this conversation is going to kind of revolve around things we've learned, but I guess overview, overview is, um, I kind of, it's summed up in one of my favorite quotes. It's, it's by Epictetus, who is a Stoic philosopher. He, the quote is don't seek for everything to happen as you wish it would, but rather wish that everything happens as it actually will, then your life will flow well. It's basically saying that the events that have happened, don't wish that those did not happen. Like wish that they did happen. Um, and then it will allow you to, to respond to any challenges more easily. So do doing what you can with what you have in whatever situation you're currently in and, and being content in your current situation. And again, that's coming from somebody who did have it very easy this year. I, I, I was extremely fortunate. So it's much easier for me to say this than other people. But just being content in your situation, I think, was a big takeaway for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I would say mine is is similar. And it's it's that I'm trying to view, especially after this year, view every situation as an opportunity for growth. You know, I think people have mentioned that a lot, specifically around the COVID situation. That's kind of the big obvious one. But that, that kind of shifted my mindset. You know, during lockdown back in March is when I started asking myself, okay, what can I learn from this COVID in particular? And how can I use this to become a better person? And I've been trying to ask myself that in, in more uncomfortable, difficult situations. So, you know, a couple others, like I said, COVID is the obvious one, but even in social settings where maybe there are strong disagreements or negativity. Like with the election, we talked about this a few episodes ago, this has brought about a lot of tension and disunity and trying to fight against that by being open-minded, you know, trying to understand where others are coming from. Um, and, and this can be difficult when, when people say things that trigger an emotional reaction. And I've tried to really practice especially during this very tense year to keep my emotions in check uh, and engaging and controlling that emotional response. Like there, there were a few social settings this year where somebody said something that, you know, I didn't, didn't necessarily agree with. And my natural, my natural response was to, to insult or attack, but I refrained, took a deep breath and, and let the moment pass. And then, you know, spent some time reflecting, later in the day, you know, asking myself, what could it, what would have been an appropriate response? And, you know, with, with the emotional, uh, you know, trigger, I guess, taken out of it. And this is also applied to like negative comments on social media, not so much with, with the rats. Uh, we've, we have a pretty positive social media experience, I would say. Um, but there was, there was one situation in particular, like back in May or June, when I had posted, I had, developed a, a graphic for for work to communicate some financial concept and got a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback with somebody commented, um, kind of criticizing it. And, and I said, yeah, you know, thanks. That's a good point. That's not really what I was trying to say with the with the graphic, you know, and then I tried to explain a little bit my what I was trying to say with with this graphic that I had posted on LinkedIn. And the guy just responded back. This is a bad graph. <laughs> didn't really acknowledge my response and and obviously my 
natural emotional response would be to type something back to attack him. Mm-hmm. I took a step back. I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to let emotions drive my, my words and actions. And so, you know, took like an hour or two. And then I just got back on and responded. Thanks for the feedback. And that was the end of it. I think so. I'm trying not to let emotions you know, hurt people. Uh, I, I don't think attacking ever results in anything positive or meaningful to other parties. Trying to just manage my emotions, allow my emotions to settle, then respond in, in kindness. And I guess all of that is to say it's kind of a rabbit trail, but all that is trying to view every situation I'm in, whether it be the COVID situation, a work situation, social settings, um, where you, you have disagreements with people, you know, negative things on social media, view all these opportunities as an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for me to practice patience, an opportunity for me to step outside my comfort zone, uh, an opportunity to share or, or, or hear from people that I disagree with, um, opportunity to challenge myself, get outside my comfort zone. So long-winded answer to that one, but that's that's kind of, uh, I think, was my biggest takeaway from 2020. Every situation, what can I learn from this? Yeah. No, I think that's huge with with emotions. This has been a year of of emotions, of an emotional roller coaster for everybody. And social media, mainstream news has used that as fuel to just to to grow. Like people on um, on social media and the news just have this immediate emotional re- reaction. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually had a similar experience to that uh, where um, it was when we were buying our house. The we had a, a it, like the, our water didn't work and we had a big issue and the whole issue, it all played out. It's a it's a long story, but essentially the owner, the previous owner of the house, ended up sending me a, a like a typed letter, basically insulting me, saying he regrets selling the house to me, um, saying I was uh, just not a nice letter <laughs> at all. And he mm-hmm. took the time to write out this full letter and send it to me, and um, I I sat on it for a couple of days. I didn't respond immediately. And then a week, about a week later, I, I typed up a response. And I basically, like, I obviously had a, a defense to everything. I could have been, like, everything he said was wrong, in my opinion. Um, but I, I, I drafted up a letter saying, like, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, this is a frustrating situation for everybody involved. I'm sorry for the way it played out. It's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry for the way it played out. I'm sorry you regret selling the house to us, but we've taken great care of it. We really appreciate the work you put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sent an email back to him with that, with a response like that. And he replied the next day, um, apologizing, like saying like, I'm, Hey, sorry, sorry for that letter I sent you. That was uncalled for. It was over, it was across the line. Like, let's just, let's make this up. Let's make up, put this thing behind us. Yeah. Um, that's good. And, and I'm not trying to show, I'm not trying to talk myself up there. All, right, all right. I'm saying is, is that, with, when it comes to emotions and emotional situations, it's always important to step back, step away from it, take time. Sometimes that's five minutes. Sometimes that's five days. Take time yeah. before you respond because that's yeah. that's the only way you're going to get the take the emotion, uh, separate the emotions from the situation and have an actual um, constructive response. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when when you let emotions drive your words in in situations like that it ends up just hurting people and most in in this year you know most people are around family and and close friends and so those are the people you end up 
hurting in situations like that. And it's just right. not worth it. Yeah. All right. Let's take um, next question here is, is a little less serious, a little less serious. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what we learn from a health perspective. And we're going to talk about kind of like our four, the four things we focus on this podcast, which is nutrition, mindset, slash mental health, exercise, and sleep. So uh, for those four, what, what did you learn? Like, what was your biggest takeaway in each of those for this year? Yeah, nutrition is is hard because this is one that we do a lot of talk on. So it was hard to pick like the biggest thing I learned from a nutrition standpoint. But I think it is something from our healthy snacks episode. Mm. And it's just how bad industrial seed oils are for us. Safflower oil, sunflower, corn, cottonseed, canola, sesame, soybean. I mean, the, these oils are very heavy in omega-6, which is a pro-inflammatory fatty acid. And an excess omega-6 to omega-3 ratio can lead to chronic inflammation, which is pretty much the source of all modern disease. And we go into detail about this in that episode. But uh, you, f you find these in almost any snack at the store, even ones that are marked as healthy, chips and crackers cereal, which I guess really isn't healthy, but even like trail mix. So learning this piece of information and just how prevalent these seed oils are and how bad they are has really impacted my snack choices. It's one of the number mm -hmm. one things I look for before buying a snack, you know, outside of like sugar and right grains and stuff like that. But um, that one is just stuck in my mind like all year. Um, so yeah, what about you from a, I guess we can go back and forth, like from a nutrition okay. standpoint. Uh, for nutrition, it I think mine comes from our carnivore experience. As mm. <laughs> miserable that as that was for me, I I definitely am eating more uh, more meats now, and it's not replacing necessarily fruits and veggies, but I think it's more so replacing grains. So mm. I feel like I'm eating less grains now and more meat. I, I guess before I always really tried to get my nutrients in through veggies and fruit. Like that's what you're told your your entire life. Like eat your greens. Like that's, that's where your nutrients are. Eat your fruits and veggies. And that's kind of what I did. Like I'd eat salads, which nothing wrong with salads, but my focus on, on where to get nutrients was fruits and veggies. Whereas my mindset has kind of shifted this year to, um, to meats. Like we, you look, you can look at the graphs of the nutrient density of liver or of a steak versus blueberries or kale. And meat has just I mean, so much more nutrients. It's not even, it's, I mean, it's just, it, you can't even compare it. It is so nutrient right. dense. So now my focus has been on to, you know, get your nutrients from meat, different types of meat and still eat fruits and veggies. But, um, you, the main focus for me is, is kind of getting some type of meat or animal product at every meal. Um, and I, I feel much better that way. Yeah, that's, I feel I, that, that was another big takeaway for me that I almost considered putting was just, I thrive on low carb, high fat, mm -hmm. high protein. I, that month is probably the best I felt all year. Really? Wow. I can't say now, <laughs> I also did not drink any alcohol that month, which I will get mm. to at the end of this episode, but okay. I think that had something to do with it. Yeah. I think, I, and I, I don't think it was just the meat. I think it was the low carb, the, the lack of carbs that made yeah. me feel good. Right. All right, next section here, uh, mindset slash mental health. What was your biggest takeaway? I think the kind of what we alluded to earlier, and we'll probably talk about a little more, is just our need for human relationships 
and and mm-hmm. not just relationships, but healthy, positive, uplifting relationships. Um, I think humans were made to to be together, made to live in community, made to share life experiences together, and I think we've seen the negative consequences of of not having that this year. So even for people, I think who consider themselves lone wolves, relationships are still important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, yeah, that was a huge, huge takeaway for me. Yeah, I'm, that's what I wrote down too. I mean, it's kind of like the obvious one for 2020, but um, yeah, relationships are huge um, with your family, with friends and being able to, uh, we, we, you see what happens and how you feel when you don't have them. I think everybody's experienced that this year to some degree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll go into the next one, which is exercise. And I guess my biggest takeaway here was, uh, I've never really had this before, but having like an accountability partner to work out with one of my, one of my buddies, uh, maybe it was really around the start of things here and maybe in March or April, he started working out, um, in the garage with me. So we work out like three days a week together nice. and, it's just been really, really helpful because especially now in the winter in the garage, the temperature is equivalent to outside. So if it's 30 degrees outside, it's basically 30 degrees in the garage, not fun to work out in. So, um, it's, it's kept me, kept me working out consistently through, um, through the winter. Um, we're only about what one day in so far was yesterday, the first day of winter. Was it? I know it was the, no, the solstice. It was, it was a solstice. I don't know when the first day winter is. But anyway, having an accountability partner was was big for me. And I think it'll help a lot of people stay active through through rougher times. That's good. Yeah, accountability is huge. So if you have somebody to work out with, like yeah. you're more motivated. You're gonna work harder too, I think, during the workout as opposed to just working out by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that just I mean, it, that goes for like so many different aspects of life. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah. So for mine, mine, I guess two very simple ones is just how to squat, right? This was a game changer for me. Nobody taught me really how to squat. I've been squatting wrong my whole life and it's given me knee problems. And I saw a physical therapist and he, uh, yeah, he taught me how to squat, right? And like, I'm healing my knee slowly, but surely and getting stronger at the same time. Mm -hmm. Shout out to ATP. Yeah, Advanced Therapy and Performance in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Check him out. He does awesome work. And then kind of to go along with that, in the process of healing my knee, just the importance of movement on a daily Mm. basis. Katie and I, really since March, have implemented daily walks. Nice. And like stretching after those walks. And that just, it it wakes me up. It, It gets the blood flowing to my knees, allowing me to stretch. And I just feel fantastic. Just getting movement in versus days where I'm just sitting all day. Do you start, is that how you start the morning typically, or do you do that just sometime throughout the day? No, we try to, um, we try to do it in the morning. Nice. Yeah. All right. Last one here is sleep. Um, or I guess recovery slash sleep. Biggest takeaway here. I think we both read the book, why we sleep by math, Dr. Matthew Walker this year. Um, which is kind of what inspired the sleep workshop that we created. Um, I mean, that doesn't even scratch. If you've heard that, we put that out as an episode a few episodes back. Uh, it doesn't even scratch the surface of everything covered in this book. Um, it was really a phenomenal book on on health and sleep and the importance of sleep and how it literally impacts like every aspect of our lives, how we think, how we process emotions, 
how we respond to situations, the long-term effects of poor sleep, such as Alzheimer's and really every other terrible disease. Um, so I've really revamped my sleep. And by revamping, I simply mean sl I sleep longer now. I just mm -hmm. pri prioritize that. Like looking at my aura data, I, re I think I finished the book in July. There's like this mass, it's like the um, average hours of sleep per day. It's just this, in since July when I finished it, it's just this massive incline. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> so I just like, it's not that it helped me sleep better. It just it helped me realize like I'm sleeping more and on purpose. So um, that, I think this is something that I said in our very first, it was our first episode on sleep. Yeah. I think something we said in that episode, and I'll say it again, I think it's super important is, is don't make sleep the plug to life. Like mm -hmm. give yourself time to sleep, whatever, whether that's nine hours, 10 hours, like make that a priority and make something else, like something else, like your Netflix time, that can be the plug like of, of your 24 hour day. Like it's not sleep. Sleep needs to be prioritized. Um, and it, it makes such a difference in just how I feel throughout the day and throughout the week. So, um, yeah. that was my big takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. That book was just phenomenal. I got so many pieces of information out of there, I guess part of that book and part of our sleep workshop, we mentioned blue light. This has been a mm. game changer for me. We've talked about it a lot, but blue light, like light from computer screens or phone screens, or your TV suppresses melatonin production. And then you're not tired when you lay down to go to bed. So, um, we did an episode on blue light Th that was this year. Can you believe that? Yeah. It feels like so long ago. That was the end of February when we put out our blue light episode and wow. it, that felt like ages ago. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we use blue light blocking glasses. I'll put those on, you know, a few hours before bed. Knocks me out. And um, yeah, that that little bit has really helped me fall asleep faster, which in the end allows me to get more sleep because I'm not tossing and turning at night and I can fall right to sleep. So, yeah, monitoring my blue light for sure. All right. I guess I will go into the next one here. So that's I think we covered health now going into and more on the ref the reflection side, what are you most grateful for this year? I think this year has made everybody look at like the big picture of things and and be thankful for just simple things in life, things that are like often overlooked on a daily basis. Um, and and that's that's truly what I, I have done and am thankful for. The most obvious one being health. Um, you know, I I don't know anybody personally who, who has died from COVID and most of our family, like my, our family and Mariah's family have, have all had it, have all had coronavirus. All of them did not have any significant symptoms. They got through it fairly quick. Um, Mariah and I have not had it and we have stayed healthy since all of this has happened. So I'm super thankful for that. Thankful for a healthy families that, um, yeah, haven't had any any mm -hmm. significant issues. Um, something you mentioned earlier is a steady job. Like Mariah and I have both had fairly steady jobs throughout this. Um, no, no major setbacks there, which is not something everybody can say. Uh, we also moved into a new home before this all happened. We had we closed on a house like in March. Um, so I'm extremely thankful that that went through and that there have been no significant issues. Um, 
thankful for my pets, my, my dogs. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, there's not a day that goes by where like they don't, they don't bring some type of, of joy to life. They always make, mm-hmm. make us laugh or smile or something. Um, yeah, that's good. So, and then work, like working from home has honestly been a blessing. I, me and Mariah have spent so much time together this entire year. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, Mariah, ha- like she works from home normally. So I had come to work at home as well. And it's been almost a year at this point, um, nine months. So honestly, that has been a great experience. And uh, yeah, I, I've, I have so much to be thankful for this year. And this was a, a good, this year was a good reminder to show me that even the things that we experience on a daily basis are things that we shouldn't take for granted. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I have to echo a lot of those things. When I, I do my, I do a gratitude reflection every morning, I try to write down something I'm grateful for. And I, the most recurring one is my job. Like I have, mm-hmm. I'm employed. Like that is, that is amazing. And it's, I almost feel like I don't deserve it because there are so many people out there. Like I know people that have like struggled to, to make ends meet. Uh, I haven't had any of that, which is just, yeah. it's incredible. So, um, my job and then to go along with that, working from home, mm-hmm. being able to, to see my wife all day. Uh, we, we've been able to spend a lot of time together. Like I said, going on walks, uh, you know, eating lunch together, Every, you know, every couple of days, we'll just think about where we were like a couple of years ago where mm-hmm. we were both working corporate jobs at an office building and I would get up before her. I would leave before she would wake up and I would come home like late, you know, pretty late. So we'd barely get to see each other. And now we see each right. other all the time. And I know like people joke about like being stuck with your spouse at home and you know, people, you know, you're ready to get a divorce after quarantine. I mean, Katie and I have never been closer. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being able to just go out there and, and talk to her for a few minutes. So very, very blessed in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So now we're going to do favorite, favorite book and a movie of 2020. Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. We've read a lot of the same books. What, uh, what was your Probably. favorite? Um, my favorite was Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Hmm. So um, I read this, I think, earlier in the year, but it was it was just a lot of good takeaways. And it kind of like it's it's basically from a leadership perspective, like as a leader, you should you are responsible for everything. Like you're responsible for everything that happens from from every every tier from the, the bottom person to the top person as a leader, you're responsible so I think it's not only good for people who are in a leadership role, but if you're just in a organization that has leaders in it, which everybody is to some degree, you are a part of something that has a leader. I think like everybody would benefit from it because you can see like if, if you're employed by somebody, you have a good understanding. Like after reading this book, you have a good understanding of like, okay, is this organization run well? Like are these leaders people I want to work for and work under? Will I be able to to grow in an organization like this? Um, it was just great. I'm not. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a very good book. I highly recommend it. I think there's I two other. A... Go ahead. I think there's two other parts to this, but I've only read the the first part so far. Okay. Yeah, I have that book. It's on my shelf. It's on my reading list, but I haven't okay. gotten to it yet. So I'll put that to the top. Um, there's so many good ones this year. 
we already talked about why we sleep that that was probably yeah. one of the most impactful books but yeah i, I won't mention that uh, i read a book by scott carney called what doesn't kill us and it's this guy who did a he climbed i think it's it was kilimanjaro maybe okay. in like shorts with wim hof mm. so wim hof is the ice man you can look him up. He like does these crazy mountain expeditions and nothing but shorts. He does these cold plunges. It, it, it's crazy. I actually just got his book. Um, Katie got his book for me for Christmas. But anyway, this guy who wrote What Doesn't Kill Us, Scott Carney, he trained with Wim Hof and did this mountain expedition with him. It was like, I think they set the world record for, for climbing uh, Kilimanjaro, this group of people with no, no oxygen. Normally it takes people like a week. They did it in like 36 hours or something like that. Wow. It was crazy. And he goes through all that he learned and he talks about cold exposure, heat exposure, um, breath work. And he just, the whole point of the book really is what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. I mean, that's kind mm -hmm. of the, the whole point of the book, you know, about how previously, you know, we were exposed, our bodies were exposed to extreme temperatures, you know, or, or stressors to keep us alive. And now, like what we talked about in the past, like we, our stressors are, are things like our phone won't load or Netflix <laughs> won't load, right. you know, um, and, and putting ourselves in these uncomfortable environments like cold actually makes us like stronger, strengthens our immune system, strengthens our mind and makes us more malleable for whatever mm -hmm. we're going to face in the future. So that actually has led to me doing, uh, walks outside when our walks in the morning, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, in the thirties, I just go out in shorts. <laughs> so I don't wear shirts nice. and, uh, you know, it just teaches you to, uh, to, uh, I guess kind of manage your body's response. And yeah. so, uh, would love to get that guy on the podcast. Yeah. Um, that'd be awesome. But yeah, that was a, that was a really interesting one. Definitely recommend. Yeah. I haven't read that one actually. So I need to add that to my list. Um, for movies, I think my favorite, and I think this movie came out in 2019, but I saw it in 2020 knives out. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, man, maybe I should have changed my movie because that was definitely one of my top movies of yeah. It's such a good movie. It's just like a a great all around movie. Like everybody, I think everybody would enjoy it. It, it like has a little aspects of everything. It's it's pretty clean. I think it's PG thirteen. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just great. It's kind of like if you haven't heard of it, it's kind of like Clue, like the board game Clue, um, played out in a movie in a sense. I mean, it's like a, a murder mystery, I guess. Yeah, but um. Very well done. It was an excellent yeah. movie. You don't get like those classic, just solid murder mystery movies very often. No, and it was just such a unique, a, such a unique take on on it. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that movie. That's a good one. Well, I won't use Knives Out, um, but Tenet was. I didn't mm. see that many movies in 2020, but one one that I saw was Tenet uh, by Christopher Nolan. Have you watched that a second time yet? <laughs> yeah, because it just came okay. out a few days ago. So Katie and I watched it with subtitles. It was okay. an absolute game changer. <laughs> you could actually hear what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, if, if you saw that movie without subtitles, I mean, you pick up, no joke, 50% of the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, especially but, in theaters when it's like, it's so it's such a loud movie. Right, right. And putting subtitles on, like I realized that I missed very key points of dialogue mm. early in the movie that would have explained so much. <laughs> Yeah. So, but that was a really interesting one. Love that. The music, the acting, the, um, the visual effects were so cool. Yeah. I need to watch that again. All right. Um, next question here. Um, what are you most proud of yourself for this year? Do you want me to go? 
Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Man, this is going, <laughs> this is going longer than I thought. I'll, I'll try to. Oh, dang. Yeah. We're already uh, like 30, 40 minutes in. Yeah. We still have a lot of questions to go through. All right. I'll, I'll try to make this quick. Um, I'm proud for, for not, and I don't like patting myself on the back, but I feel like I didn't use 2020 as an excuse to give up. Like mm-hmm. I didn't just binge Netflix all year. I didn't do any excessive drinking. I didn't quit exercise. You know, I think a lot of people experienced a sharp decline in mental health as a result of this year, which is very understandable. Minimal socialization. A lot of therapist offices were shut down. Um, and those are those are not the people I'm talking about. I think there there are some people that kind of use use 2020 as an opportunity or an, an excuse to indulge in bad habits. Um, and I was I was really intentional early on about not letting that happen. So. Yeah, I, I feel like I really used my time to be productive. Mm-hmm. I did more reading. I, I hit my 25 book goal this year. Nice. I think nice. I think I'll actually read 27. I got more sleep, did more self care. I uh, learned how to bake sourdough bread. <laughs> uh, I, I really try to be productive. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty proud of myself for that. That's good. Yeah, I think most people had extra time on their hands. It's good. You, you used it for for um, productive things. I think mm-hmm. I could have done a little bit a little better at it. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So what about you? What are you, what are you proud of for yourself? Um, uh, I think, I think the biggest thing for me was being able to manage like stress and anxiety. Uh, the past two mm-hmm. years I've done like a lot of reading, um, on like stoic philosophers and their view of, of control and responding to challenging situations. So like one of my, one of my favorite quotes is by Epictetus and he, he has a quote talking about control. He says the chief task in life is simply this to identify and separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself, which are externals not under my control and which have to do with the choices I actually control. And a lot of what happened this year was out of our control. You know, the pandemic, the lockdown, the election, we don't have control over those things, but we can control how we respond to those situations. You know, like what, what good, what good will a, a stressful or angry response be to those situations? Like it, we don't have control over it. So why, why respond in anger? Why respond in stress and anxiety? Mm-hmm. Um, so like if, if we can't control it, there's nothing we can do about it. So, so move on. If we can control it, address the issue, fix the situation and then move on. So I, it's not always that simple. It sounds like a very simple approach, but it's a, it's a good general philosophy to follow. And I feel like that, that has kind of helped me get through this year. Yeah, that's good. All right. So on the flip side of that, what could you have done better this year? Mm. Um, definitely getting caught up in, in social media and the news. I think, I think at the start of all of this, when there was just so much uh, newness to everything going on, I was kind of glued to social media and news and, it, it really took me a while to distance myself from that. So I'd say that those areas did cause some unwarranted stress and anxiety that definitely could have been avoided. Um, now, it, it is important to stay informed to some degree, but I don't I don't think those are the places to do it. So just distancing myself from news and social media is something I I should have done better. Yeah, it's it's easy to get caught up, especially when that's the primary thing to do when you're not going out you're not staying busy with really external activities it's hard not to get caught up in that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah so for me i think i could i think i could have been better about 
being intentional about relationships. Like I said, I'm proud of myself for how productive I was, but I think I did that at the expense of not like staying in touch with people. I had no excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, you know, friends from college that I, I had no excuse to not call over the past six months. Right. I could have connected more with people virtually. You know, I spent a lot of time on my own projects instead of connecting with others. Um, I mean, I was good about it early in the pandemic. I think we even mentioned that in one of the episodes and I was like, oh yeah, just call random people. And I did mm-hmm. that for like a couple of weeks and then I kind of let it go and got wrapped up in being productive. And then I think I let some relationships fall by the wayside. So I, I definitely would have been better about that. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's easy to, <laughs> it was easy this year to make the excuse to not continue relationships because it's like, oh, I can't see them. I can't, I can't continue that relationship. Like, oh, well. But, mm-hmm. you know, we have social media, we have our phones, we have FaceTime and Zoom. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so what was what was the most difficult part of the year for you? Yeah, you know, I spent a lot of time reflecting on this. Like I said, we didn't lose our, our job. So um, this is probably going to sound trivial to, to people that did. But I think apart from everything being canceled, limited social interactions, you know, reduced time with family, that was tough. But it was when everyone else kind of started moving on with life while I was still trying to be careful. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, with Katie's, she is on a heavy immune suppressant medication. I don't know how that would interact with COVID, but right. I would rather be safe than sorry. And I feel like a lot of people weren't sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. Um, like my, I, I'm in a professional networking group here in Charlotte. I mean, basically after a few weeks, they all started getting together and meeting again. I was trying to be careful. Um, my CrossFit group, which I'm actually my CrossFit group, they've actually been pretty good. No, nobody at the gym has gotten has gotten COVID. They've had no COVID spread, wow. and they uh, anytime anybody shows symptoms, they just don't come in. So that mm-hmm. group has been pretty good about it. But I still haven't gone in. Um, it just felt like everyone was kind of going about their lives and didn't understand why I wasn't. Also, and I try not to take that personally. You know, I appreciate people inviting me places, but I just wish people were kind of more sympathetic about my situation. Like, mm-hmm. here's an example. So I, w- I went out. This was probably back in June. I went and got a beer with a guy. We were outside. And I was explaining to him how I've been really careful. haven't really gone out because of Katie. And, you know, she's on this immune suppressant drug. It's difficult for us. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Like literally 30 minutes later, he's like, hey, so do you guys want to come to the Whitewater Center with us this weekend? <laughs> like, did you not just hear what I said? And like, this, yeah. this is not uncommon. I've had several people like this where I explain why I'm being careful because of Katie. And then it's like, they don't hear that part of my sentence. Right, right. It's like, they just disregard that. And I understand, like, everyone can, can make their own choices. I'm not saying like everyone else should be like this. I'm just explaining why. I was, I, I've been trying to be careful with, with Katie's situation mm-hmm. and I just feel like a lot of people don't care or don't care to understand. And I, again, I'm trying to be gracious with people in that <laughs> regard. Again, opportunity for growth there, but that's been kind of frustrating and difficult. Yeah. I think you're in a unique position in that like you, like, you know, for yourself that you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't have an issue you have a a strong immune system like you don't have any underlying health conditions but like you you have no idea how katie would respond not only does she have ms but she's taking medication that is actively weakening her immune system like it's having the exact opposite effect that everybody else is trying to like your your immune system strengthening hers is getting worse and worse 
Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't know how, how it's going to, yeah, it's scary. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it is what it is. We're alive and healthy and I'm, I'm thankful for yeah. that. But, uh, what, what about you? Um, honestly, I, I don't have an answer to this question. You know, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate to not have experienced anything tragic this year. Um, you know, there's definitely periods where I, like everybody else, felt cooped up, tired of lockdown restrictions, tired of all the hysteria. But um, I, I don't think there's anything I experienced that anybody else hasn't. So I, yeah, I'm I'm fortunate, and I I don't I don't think I have anything extremely difficult that I face this year, and I'm thankful for that. That's good. Uh, what else do we want to keep going? Do we want to do? Let's see. I think the next question I had was if you could go back and change anything, what would you mm-hmm. have done differently? Um, I think the one, the one thing I have here that I would change, like for the most part, I wouldn't change anything. I feel like I, um, for the most part stuck to my normal lifestyle. Like I still exercised. I didn't really watch more Netflix than normal. I think one area that has kind of fallen by the wayside is, is my, <laughs> is my diet, my food choices, like just because there is not much to do. Um, we live down the road from a mire, so it's super easy when we're bored to, Hey, let's run a mire and pick up some, you know, something to bake, something, right. some treats. Uh, so it's definitely been like one to two times a week of mm-hmm. going to mire and getting something bad to eat. Yeah. So yeah, that's the one part I've kind of fallen on, but, um, nothing, nothing significant that I would have changed this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. No, we we live down the road from a Sprouts, so it's super easy for us to just go in mm-hmm. a few minutes and go pick up something. That's yeah. definitely tempting. Um, what I would have done differently, I think kind of like I said, I would have been better about connecting with people. I'm, I'm pretty happy with like the things I accomplished and you know how hard I worked and all that kind of stuff. Again, would have been more better about connecting with people. And I think I would have not drank this year. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I didn't drink in excess and I, I'm going to well, I'm going to touch on this in a few minutes in more detail. Um, but the best, the best part, I guess, about uh, engaging in alcoholic beverages is just you know drinking with people. Yeah, like the, the social the social aspect of it. Yeah, right. And I didn't really have a lot of opportunity for that, mm-hmm. but I did like a wine subscription, <laughs> so I drank a lot of <laughs> wine this year. Um, I probably and, and yeah, probably would have just not done that. Okay. All right. Uh, two more questions here to wrap us up. Um, next one is your favorite moment of 2020. Yeah, this is tough. I, I did have a lot of, a lot of good moments. I think one of, one of the best highlights was a vacation Katie and I took to Seabrook Island, which is where mm-hmm. we used to do our family vacations. And it's just, it's such a peaceful place. It's not crowded at all. The beaches are huge. Um, it's like a private, private beach. And th- and that was like, that was in August. And that was the first time we I think had left Charlotte since Christmas. So it had been a long time. And I just, every morning I would go out on the beach kind of as the sun would rising and just think and just reflect and had a lot of time to reflect. And then obviously a lot of time to spend with Katie out in nature. And it was just so, it was, it was probably one of the, the most rejuvenating vacations where I came back ready to go and like feeling truly Mm. refreshed. Yeah. Some vacations you, you come back from and you, you need a vacation from your vacation. Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to have one where, yeah, it was truly relaxing, rejuvenating, and you felt rested from it. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else there? I mean, th- I mean, there's some, there's a lot of other good ones. Other ones that 
I guess probably tied for this was Thanksgiving. That was the first time we all got to get together as a family all year, mm-hmm. um, which was really, which was really fun. And then our sleep workshop, that was a lot of fun. That was the first yep. time you and I had ever done any kind of presentation together. Yeah. Related to health outside of the podcast. So that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, quite honestly, the early days of the pandemic, mm. like I, I feel like everyone, those like first two weeks of lockdown, everyone was united, whether it was in yeah. Tiger King or, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. I feel like everyone was kind of on the same page for those first few weeks. And then it just erupted into disunity. But I feel like we were all together. Like everyone kind of came together those first couple of weeks. Yeah. And I remember doing like virtual workouts with my CrossFit gym and it just, it was good. It was, uh, there's a positive, you know, I don't know, a positive perspective in those early days. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, yeah. Fortunately that didn't last too long, but, um, mm-hmm. I do remember that. And it, th- those were good times for me. Favorite moments of 2020, same thing. Vacation. Ryan, and I went to, um, a beach for a week and super relaxing, just in a little condo across the street from the beach and really nothing on the agenda. Like we, we usually plan a couple activities on our vacations. Um, this one, it was just like, just relax, sit on the beach, um, go out to eat. So it was very nice. Um, and again, Thanksgiving all together with the family was a, a great way to spend Thanksgiving. Um, and then the other thing was just getting into our first house, being able to fix it up and enjoy, yeah, enjoy it here with our, with our pups in our yard. And it's been, um, yeah, it's been a lot of change this year, but it's been a lot of good moments. Yeah. Moving into a new house. That's especially when you get settled in, like that's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question here is goals for next year or habits that you want to start implementing based upon your experiences from this year. Yeah. So I think we talked last year, like I'm not really into new year's resolutions and we talked yeah. about last week with, with Megan, it just start implementing something if you want to do it. Yeah. So one big thing that I've decided for the next year is I'm done with alcohol. Nice. I'm going to go alcohol free uh, for the next year. Starting now or starting in Yeah, January? I already started. I think December 11th was. Okay. And, and look, trust me, it's been tempting to just say, oh, I'll start January 1st. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I'm going against my own my own preaching if I just blow, you know, drink, <laughs> drink a bunch of, I have three bottles of wine sitting on the Mm-hmm. on the counter it's been tempting to to dip in dip into that yeah um but i said you know what i know i'm gonna do this why not start now so i just started right. a couple of weeks ago and the reason for that there's a there's a few reasons the number one reason being because i don't want to mm-hmm. which is probably a good reason to do it um, i've never drank excessively but you know throughout the year i definitely would like pour myself a glass of wine after a stressful day of work like regardless of the day of the week, I think there's probably an episode somewhere in here where I was drinking one on Monday and you, you said that rough of a Monday already, <laughs> something like that. Um, and like wine does take the edge off. We talked about in our sleep workshop, it literally sedates your brain. Mm-hmm. And after a long day, that's a good feeling. And I think it became a form of stress reduction. Again, I'm not an alcoholic, <laughs> but like I would just like, that's that, what they I all do say. That. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know. Um, <laughs> Like that, that would be kind of a regular thing. I'd pour myself a glass of wine after work, especially after like a stressful day. And that would like take the edge off. That became a form of stress reduction. And I just don't Mm -hmm. want, I don't want to depend on a substance to reduce stress. 
Right. Yeah. And from a health perspective, it wrecks my sleep every time. Mm -hmm. Every time I drink wine, my sleep is poor on my aura ring and it tanks my HRV and it, it always takes it a while to get back up. Like my best HRV ever was when we were on carnivore and that was a month of solid sleep and I wasn't drinking any alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, and I just saw like I felt really good. My my workouts were better, even though I wasn't working out a ton. Sleep was better and it just it hurts my recovery when I drink alcohol. And it's I mean, it's it's literally poison. So yeah. if I can, I want to see what what it's going to be like not doing it for at least a year. Um, mm-hmm. And then I heard a, an interview with Rob Lowe on Rogan, and he said that he hasn't drank in 20 plus years. And I mean, like, like any alcohol, him. no alcohol at all. Wow. And it's because I I think he was an alcoholic, but yeah, it's just not really, I mean, it's not beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad there's, there's much more awareness around, um, around drinking. I think now more than there has been in quite a while, uh, especially with the pandemic, people have consumed alcohol more, but I think there's this movement towards, towards no alcohol, towards cutting it out completely. Um, and having these uh, these sober bars and yeah re- like alcohol replacements is a, is a big thing like every big company like i think um Heineken and uh Bud Light not now have these alcohol free beers mm-hmm. so you're still you can still have that be in that social setting you can still drink a drink and feel that you know that the the community there but you're not consuming alcohol and I, yeah yeah. And I mean, that's another, another reason I kind of wanted to do it is from a social perspective, it's kind of breaking the social norm. I think it's, yeah. it's assumed, like you said, more awareness now than ever, but generally it's assumed that everyone drinks, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. viewed as abnormal if you don't. And I, and I, you know, I want to show people that you can, you can still have a good time without consuming alcohol or without, you know, being inebriated. Yeah. So, and look, I could always find an excuse not to do this. I, I, tried to talk myself out of it several times. Like next year, our sister's getting married. Every time I go up to Fort Wayne, I have a buddy, childhood friend that I visit. And we always get a bottle of whiskey and just have a great conversation. And like, that's kind of our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, game nights with friends. You know, there, I could I could always find a reason not to do it. Right. So might as well just stop. Yeah. And again, I don't have anything against, I don't have anything against alcohol at all. In the end, I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. Um, not anybody else. Don't expect everyone else to do this. This is just something I want to do for me. Is it something you will like you'd consider like keeping permanent or are you? Yeah. Like, are, are you going to go through this year and then evaluate? OK, I'm going to I'm going to stay this way forever. Like, are you is that a, a potential outcome or like what are you what are you hoping to get out of it by the end? No, it is. It is. I would like to see kind of after a year how I feel if I want to go back to it or if I just can accept why would I do this? Why would I add this stress or this toxin to my body if I don't have to? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to do a year and then I'll reevaluate if if I want to make it permanent. Yeah. Well, we'll report back in a year from now. Yeah. Okay. I I do want to talk about my nutrition thing. Should I mention that? Uh, Yeah, go for it. So another thing I'm doing this year is um, a precision nutrition coaching program. It's like a nutrition certification program. It's been around, I think, like since 2005. And it's like a combination of nutrition, science, education, and coaching training. So it's like nutrition coaching. Um, You know, it's helping people create behavior change in their health and nutrition choices. 
I, I think as, as we know, as most people know on here, and as you probably heard from last week with Megan, uh, you can know all the information, but unless you can turn that into action, uh, it doesn't do any good. And that's kind of what a, what a coach is for. The, my primary reason for doing this is more formal education on nutrition. I find nutrition fascinating. I love researching it. Um, I would love to take some college classes, but for now, this kind of gives me a good, affordable introduction into nutrition science. You know, we do a lot of reading and research on our own regarding nutrition, uh, but I think having a structured program will be interesting. And then, you know, I think beyond that, maybe I'll coach clients on the side. I like the idea of helping people directly, but we'll kind of see where that goes after I uh, graduate from the program. And how long is it? Like, how long do you plan to finish it? I think you have, like, I have the materials for 18 months, but you can do it at, like, I think as fast as like a, a few months. Okay. It's like 20 modules. Um, I mean, it's several hundred pages of material and then you got to like take mm -hmm. an exam. So okay. we'll see. I'll kind of do it on my own time. Nice. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's kind of what 2021 is looking like for me. Sounds like a, a good year coming ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. All right. What about you? Yeah, I guess mine's mine's pretty pretty simple. Um, like I mentioned earlier, like I, I I think I spent too much time on on technology, on social media, on mainstream news. I want to get away from that. I I think it, it did more more harm than good. There is benefits to knowing what's going on in the world, but there's also a downside to knowing too much. So getting kind of backing away from from that, um, you know, social media like ever like the reason I joined it in the first place, like it was, it was a place to, to see and share creative inspiration or to share interesting parts of your life. Um, now it's just all about sharing your, your political opinions and, you know, people have all the right to do that. That's totally fine, but that's not what I'm interested in being on social media for. And it's just hard to avoid that side of it. So I think just avoiding it altogether is, is the best route for mm -hmm. me personally. Um, and same with news. I like currently I kind of just, I have a, 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 a RSS feed that I use for my news and I open that thing so many times a day and just out of habit. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason I need to be reading the news, you know, 10, 15 times a day. Right. At most once a day is, is enough to keep me informed. Um, so just kind of backing away from that backing up um, the time I spend on that. And honestly, just reading more books, like replacing the time I would spend on social media and news and reading physical books. I haven't done that. Like I had so much time to do that this year and I, I didn't. I chose to read social media and news instead. Um, so I really wanted to limit that time and and read more books this year. Yeah. How, how have you figure out a way and maybe we've talked about in digital minimalism of how you can prevent yourself from clicking on that 15 times a day? <laughs> um you know, using an RSS feed is one, like it's, it's a really old school way to get your news. But if you don't know what that is, you basically subscribe to one website. So instead of using like Apple news or Google news, which gives you just unlimited information from a bunch of different resources and it learns your habits and it, it see, it shows you what you want to see. Um, it's just unlimited scrolling. Whereas an RSS feed, I've subscribed to specific websites and once I've read the story that those websites have published, every, there's no news. There, you can add, like you can get to the end of your news feed. Oh, nice. Whereas on okay. Google and Apple, you can't. Um, and one one thing that I've done this year that has been helpful with determining like what news to follow, there's this website called 
um, allsides.com. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. It is it show like the, is this like the media bias chart? Yeah. It basically shows, um, like so extreme left, left center, right, extreme, right. And kind of like news outlets for each of them. And so I follow some in each, like I, I follow one in the mm-hmm. right that I'm a fan of. I follow one in the, I follow, in the center. I follow wall street journal. I feel like they do a fairly good, mm-hmm. um, you know, fairly unbiased. And then mm-hmm. I, for left, I, I do look at some of the Google news cause they collaborate a lot of the left outlets together. So mm-hmm. I get a good feel of all three. Yeah. And I think that's kind of important to see all perspectives. Um, yeah, but yeah, basically I subscribe to some of each and I can get to the end of my newsfeed in five minutes if I want to. So that's, that's one way to limit it, avoid news feeds that scroll forever and that learn your interests. Cause you don't want to only read your interest. You want to read everything. So yeah, that's one that's way good. you can limit it. Yeah. Just check it once a day if possible, just in the morning or just at night. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, it's important to stay uh, up to date on current events, but like there, those will never go away. And sometimes you take some of that time that you pick scrolling, actually like reading a book where you're you're learning information. It can be a lot more valuable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're still with us, I'm surprised and I'm thankful. (laughs) Um, I know we, I did not expect this to be that long. I expected this to be like 30 minutes, but I guess we had a lot to talk about. And so you know, I, however you do your New Year's resolutions or, or end of year traditions, I, I think it, it would be valuable to take some time to reflect on some of these questions. So what we I'll just quickly run through what we asked ourselves. What was the most impactful thing you learned personally from 2020? What was the most interesting thing you learned from a health perspective? That was kind of just entertaining for us. What are you most grateful for? Favorite book and movie? Again, that's more entertaining. What are you most proud of for yourself this year? How did you better yourself this year? Uh, what was the most difficult part of this year? What could you have done better? If you could go back to the beginning of 2020, knowing how it was going to play out, what would you have done differently? What was your favorite moment of 2020? And then what are your goals for next year? Um, or basically, how do you want to better yourself next year? I think taking a moment of solitude to reflect and answer these questions in preparation for the new year can really be beneficial and kind of put you put you in a good mindset going in, going into the new year. Yeah, I think everybody would benefit by um, reflecting on those questions. Like I'm, I personally am not good at like sitting down and reflecting, but having like these questions in front of me, it makes it makes it a lot easier and it's very beneficial in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So try it, write it down. And uh, thank you to everybody who has listened to our podcast this year. Um, but this is our first full year doing it. I think we yeah. kind of started at the end of last year. So it's mm-hmm. crazy that we've done this for a full year. And I know there are people that have been listening since the beginning. Like we truly do appreciate anybody that like listens through these full episodes. Um, we're grateful for you. Um, we put a lot of work into this. So it's it's nice when when people listen and uh, we, we enjoy interacting with you all on social media. So thank you for listening and uh, have a happy new year. <laughs>